today I'm joined by Andy Curran, one of my consultant colleagues, and we're going to look at supervising and supporting the junior doctor. I think it's important to say to begin with that there is no one right way to do this, and actually how you do it might alter very much depending on the pressures of the department and who you're supervising. There are, however, a few basic principles that you can apply, and we're going to have a little look at those in some more detail. Now, Andy, if it's all right, I think we should focus on these in three main areas. Okay. So if we start thinking about role modelling first. For me, when you're role modelling, one of the, the main things that you've always got to remember is there's always people watching. So what you're doing all the time is role modelling. So whether you're seeing the next card in the box, whether you are um, giving some feedback, whether you're talking to a speciality, there may well be someone more junior to you, or again, sometimes someone at the same level or more senior, who could be looking at what you're doing and thinking about, I like that, I don't like that, and, and just taking some of the some of the modelling behaviour that you display, whether you recognise you're doing it or not. So it's one of those things that's always happening, but we need to be aware of. So we, we've talked about this previously, and we've split it further into actions and behaviours. So there's the idea that people watch the actions that you do in terms of picking the next card up from the box and being seen to be motivated and willing to see anything and then there's also the behavioural aspect which is very much how we treat other people. If we think about trying to set a good example you can think about it but also with true role modelling you just do it. So there's something about being natural as a junior within the department you might just get on with it. You might have good days, you might have bad days, but your influence on other people will be less. The more senior you become, the more the way that you act affects other people. So if you're coming in and you're supervising someone and you're in a filthy mood, you can be sure that other people will pick up on that. And that tends to spread throughout the department as well. So you've got to recognize that as you become more senior, you have to role model good behaviour if you expect good behaviour to come from other people within your department as well. And it's important, I think, to keep that up, essentially, because people remember episodes of, of poor behaviour. And there could just be one single episode where you've lost your temper on the shop floor and people have observed that, but that's the thing that will stick with them. Mm. So even if you're having a really bad day, when you go into work, it's doubly important in those situations to make sure that the behaviour that other people observe in you is exemplary for that reason, because you need them to pick up on the positive attributions and not just remember the the odd lapse that you might have. Yeah, and so we work with a colleague who's usually very placid, docile, easy to get on with, but people still talk about the one time they shouted something down the phone at someone from a speciality. So it is very, it seems almost unfair that just one episode can then lead to, by the same token, if you do it a lot, people then, they don't accept it and they don't say it's normal, but then people will start to gravitate away from you as well. So with our role modeling behavior, it's thinking about, am I approachable, do I give, good feedback to people because if I'm displaying bad behaviour people will stay away and that could be catastrophic for our patients because a junior might not come to you because of previous bad behaviour that you've displayed. So you might not have been aware of it but people might have spoken about it. So again from a patient safety point of view it's being courteous to people is really important and incivility 
you know, can kill. That brings us quite nicely onto the importance of training and the way in which we can influence the training that our juniors receive. If you're not approachable, your trainees are going to lose out on learning opportunities. And yet every situation in the emergency department should really be treated Mm. as having the potential for a learning opportunity. Every day is a learning day. There's never been a day when I've not learned something. And so whether you're seeing another patient with chest pain, another ankle injury, there's something that you can learn from it, and likewise your junior. What we also have to remember is that training comes at a variety of different levels. So something that might be bread and butter to us that we're very comfortable with might be something very new. Some of the trainees within our departments will be GP trainees, be it junior FY1, FY2 levels. Some might be more experienced as well. So we've got to make sure that we pitch it at the right level. There's no point trying to teach someone everything about something in that first contact. You might be enthusiastic and keen and want to share as much knowledge as you can, but you might just need to pace it. Yeah, they're not going to remember it if you overload them with too much knowledge in one episode. And also, the actual service provision aspect of our jobs will suffer greatly if you decide you're going to teach somebody everything there is to know about chest pain once they've seen that chest pain patient. So there is definitely a balance there. One of the things as a registrar that I think you can do to support the formal aspect of training, though, is when you have those discussions and do a little bit of ad hoc shop floor teaching, is to ensure that you carry that forward and encourage juniors to send you work-based place assessments as forms to get those filled in. There's always this split between some trainees are brilliant at filling in work-based place assessments and for asking them to be completed, and then you have a cohort of trainees who are not very good at asking for the forms to be filled in and often they're actually really good trainees that that just don't think about asking because they're getting on and doing the job in hand so we need to make sure that as seniors we are supporting them in getting their portfolios um, as filled in as they can be. Mm. Well that's true because with appraisal we know how quickly it comes round time after time and so you almost just get through one deadline and then you can sit back and start thinking about enjoying the job or settling into the job. But right from day one, it's important to encourage people to be doing the work-based assessments. But everyone's different. So you and I, for example, we do things quite differently in that I'll plan maybe for the last minute to be doing something, whereas I know you'll have everything colour-coded, catalogued, indexed, and you'll have a plan and post-it notes everywhere, obviously. (laughs) Definitely. The other thing within training, really, and thinking about the fact that we have so many trainees in the department at any one time, is about giving careers advice. And by that, I don't just mean trying to make every foundation doctor who comes through the department think that emergency medicine is the best job in the world, although obviously we think Mm -hmm. it is, but it's more about how we can support them to make the right choice for them in terms of what their career is going to be. We need to recognise that certain specialties don't suit certain people Mm -hmm. and that if a trainee wants to do something that we might not have thought was a good career choice for us, we should still encourage them, maybe direct them to somebody who knows a little bit more about it and try to support them as an individual making that, that difficult decision, really. Yeah, and sometimes that support might just be listening because we might be the most approachable senior person they've worked with in a while, given the nature of our roles, and quite often in emergency medicine, we're happy to talk. 
and interested to hear what people have to say, but we might not know a lot about it. And again, it's really important when you're supervising to say, I don't know much about that, but I will find out for you. So having an idea of who you can signpost people to do, especially for careers advice, can be useful. The more early on, I think it's the easier because it tends to be more generic. And I'd be encouraging people to look broad and test lots of different things. As trainees are coming through and it's getting closer to application and interview you know, application dates, that's when it gets a bit harder because they're making massive decisions that will affect the rest of their lives. Make sure you don't force your opinion onto them and encourage them to be open about their thoughts. That leads us quite nicely onto our final topic as well, which is really the importance of kindness when you're supervising and supporting others. Now, I know this is an area of particular interest to you, Andy. Hmm. Um, So are there any things in particular that you'd like to say on the subject? I think with kindness, for me, the important thing is to remember that you're dealing with people. So you were a junior once. In fact, for some of you listening to this, it might not have been that long ago at all. And you're making that first step into being the senior in the department. So don't forget to reflect on how you felt on your first day in the department or the first case you saw on recess. And even though you might now be comfortable with that presentation of patient, the person you're speaking to might not be. We view things from a very different point of view. And so for me, from kindness, one of the first things is just stop, think, listen, and try and accept that someone might be seeing something from a different point of view to you. And you don't have to put yourself in their shoes, but just accept that they're viewing things very differently to how you might be. Yes, and I think leading on from that is telling people when they've done a good job and actually even if it's just something small and something simple giving them praise when it's appropriate to do so we're really good at giving negative feedback when something goes wrong or maybe not quite to plan but i don't think we're very good at giving people positive feedback or general encouragement sometimes it's because it makes us feel awkward and we're not quite sure how to do it but there are things that can actually make a real big difference to a junior doctor as they're coming through is having that positive feedback and it's something that we should really use every opportunity that presents itself to do yeah and we should probably be doing it in the situations that we always associate with negative feedback so asking someone can i see you in the office for a minute everyone instantly thinks oh my word i've done something wrong this is dreadful i'm going to be sacked i've killed a patient it's all gone wrong whereas actually we should be taking people to one side and saying Can I just tell you, you know, from me to you, I think you did a really good job with that patient or yesterday or whatever it was. So that it becomes more of a normal thing to hear feedback. By the same token, you don't just lavish positive praise on someone when they're not doing something well, because then your positive feedback becomes meaningless. So giving positive and good feedback is really important to be kind, but there's no point just giving positive feedback if it's not meant. That's definitely not being kind to either them or to their future patients. No, because they'll find out at some point if they're not achieving a standard that they're meant to achieve mm. and you don't actually want that to come as a big shock to them no. when if they you're get a to su- appraisal. Yeah, if you're a supportive senior, you will help them to recognise it, put a plan in place for them to rectify it and then turn it around to then be receiving good feedback. There's nothing worse than on the last day of a placement being told, actually you weren't very good that's far too late and we've failed as a supervisor if that happens. Okay, great. Well, I think we've covered everything that we wanted to talk about. Yeah. 
So just to summarise the main, main topics that we've talked about, with supervising and supporting junior doctors, we've touched on the importance of role modelling, training elements and supporting junior doctors within their training, mm -hmm. and the importance of kindness. Yeah, absolutely. All good. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. You did a really good job with this, by the way. Oh, thanks so much. You're welcome. <laughs>